2021, it's difficult for the average person to imagine that someone born and raised in the United States does not know how to use technology or navigate public transportation or could be overcome with anxiety at the thought of crossing the street. Now imagine being in a position where it's frowned upon to ask for help in those situations or even ask questions because you're expected to just know. I was that person six years ago. For over a decade, I lived in what I call a time capsule. I was eventually released from one of New Jersey's state prisons, but to an area where I had never lived at an age that people expected me to act in a manner that was foreign to me and without support needed for my survival. I couldn't get a job because I had never had a resume. I couldn't get an apartment because I had no rental, employment, or credit history. I couldn't do the many things that would prevent me from going back to the system designed for me to fail. I'm not the only neighbor you pass that has a similar reentry experience. How does a recently released mother reunite with her child? How does a former veteran handle PTSD of the carceral system while balancing reentry? What does it look like for those trying to find themselves but don't know who they are beyond the state identity they were branded with? How does someone that is expected to be an adult but was confined as a child exist in the world today? The North community has struggled with recidivism for many years and effects have been amplified by the rise of felon disenfranchisement and the loss of restorative justice efforts. What does reentry look like for us, your neighbors? My name is Tia Ryans and welcome to Hiding in Plain Sight, the neighbors you never hear from. This series will take you on the journey of reentry through the firsthand experiences of six people, the resources offered through local government and where they are today. No one dreams to grow up to become incarcerated or formally incarcerated. Oftentimes, there's a series of traumatizing childhood experiences. Reentry looks different for everyone, but there's always an undeniable struggle. One thing that we've learned from hearing these stories is the significant amount of childhood, systemic, and reentry trauma each person experienced. But we also heard their resilience. I'm a firm believer that we are a collection of not only our experiences, but also the ages that those experiences happen. So what did they wanna grow up to be before life took them in another direction? And what would they tell the younger self if they had the chance? What would happen if we paid attention in a measurable way? Not only to the impact that formerly incarcerated individuals have on communities, but to how they can enhance it with the world's highest incarceration rate, it is naive of us as a country to not address the structural violence caused by the carceral system and advance the human rights of those currently and formerly incarcerated. We must enforce policies that are designed to rehabilitate individuals, their families, and entire communities impacted by the trauma of mass incarceration. I challenge you to be critical about the stereotypes perpetuated by the media and to know the facts. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, 95% of people currently incarcerated will be returning back to our communities one day. As a society, we can continue to punish them by making it impossible to acquire social determinants like housing, education, and safety 
or we can collectively reduce the economic strain by putting structures in place to reduce collateral consequences and interrupt recidivism. And if you're interested in ways to get involved with helping our neighbors locally, I encourage you to visit njforthouse.org. That's njforthouse.org. Or all of us are none-northernnj.com. That's all of us are none-northernnj.com.